to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? The blackest dies. Oh my god. Come on! Welcome back to the Skewered Universe podcast. My name is Jeff. And I'm Leanne. Leanne's back, everybody. Woohoo! She came back from her hiatus of kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> okay. And she came back because it's first watch February. You know, this is time where we watch movies neither of us have seen, or at least one of us hasn't seen. And we decided to go with Fade to Black. This is Eric. <laughs> Eric Benford. Double cross and squealer's body. I go to a lot of movies. It's my thing. <laughs> you know what I do to squealer? <laughs> Why don't you live in the real world with the rest of us? You're so smart, Stella. Tell me what James Cagney's name was in White Heat. Benford is he's sick in the head. He's like retarded or something. Here's to us. Top of the world. I'm a great admirer. I just wanted to meet you. Happy birthday to you. I once went to three movies every day for a year, and I never missed once. I can't picture the creature who'd want to marry you. Tell me, who is this unlucky girl? Marilyn Monroe. Remember, you, you picked me up hitchhiking. I, I gave you the whole idea for my movie. I've never heard of you. Happy birthday. Huh? Cut it out. Dear Eric. What are you looking at, you creep? But you didn't know what Adolf Hitler's favorite movie was. Broadway Melody, I bet you didn't know that. But what about Cry of Battle and War as Hell? Where were they playing, huh? Eric Benford lives for the movies. Sometimes, he kills for them, too. Dennis Christopher, star of Breaking Away, creates an unforgettable portrait of life on the edge of terror. <laughs> Fade to black. Introducing Eric Benford. Happy birthday, sucker. <laughs> star of the silver screen. Master of disguise. Well, I think he's calling you out. Hop along, Cassidy. Oh, look at this. Minister of Horror. Now in the ultimate performance of murder. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hollywood. Can't touch me. Not now. But Leanne, there's a little something extra we have for this episode. Do you know what that is? No. We have a guest. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we have a guest. Sorry. You played that perfectly. (laughs) I appreciate that. You guys know him from Strange Highways and Invasion of the Podcast. He's our good friend, Paul Stedman. How you doing, Paul? Good. Um, I was not aware that this was going to be a first time watch for the three of us. That's a, uh, that's interesting. Um, I thought this was like one of your, like, you know, this treasured picks that you were bringing to me for the first time. Cause I'd never seen it before. So this will be, this will be a interesting three, three fresh sets of eyes on this film. Yeah. I try to try to do little things throughout the month, even if it's not having guests on. So February, it just kind of works. First watch February, some alliteration there. But I'm glad it was a first for all three of us because we can get like a fresh perspective. Nobody is like going into this, like holding it dear. Like they saw it as a kid and they're like, this is one of my favorite movies. I like that we all have a fresh perspective on this. I'm not going to lie. I is like I tune out half of what our future episodes are. <laughs> so I in my mind, it was something that Paul had picked because he liked it. And when I started watching it, I was like, I can see why he would pick this. <laughs> um, well, then I don't know how we're going to feel about this conversation we're about to have, but okay. Uh, <laughs> no, like, so to turn, to turn the, the, the page a little bit on the, and, and go behind the scenes, like you'd approach me about being on the show, of course, which of course I would want to do and enjoy talking to both of you. Um, and because you had also done me a solid last year by coming on invasion and, and I had you pick something you're comfortable with and you brought the film bad boys, uh, to me we watched and talked about it it was a wonderful talk and i kind of you know you're like well pick something and i'm like no i want to i want to pick your brain about what we should watch and then that's why i thought this was mm-hmm. something that like you know i think it's funny that's almost like like this film just kind of exists now it's like well i didn't pick it well who picked it not me you know like so <laughs> um because i i'm always sometimes it's not just like everybody has their loves that they bring forward like i would love to show you this love talk about it right and that's always great too but mm-hmm. sometimes it's almost like here's something I love that you've never seen. I, you know, like, like I want to bring it to you as opposed to having like somebody like, like a guest bring something, you know, it, I wanted to reverse. It. I wanted to get in your head a little bit, but it turns out since this is like a first time watch, like I didn't know the origin. But oh, well, no. trust me, trust me though. Watching this movie, you get into his head very easily. <laughs> yeah. I, I could just say that uh, whatever's being said after this, that this was not a movie that um, I had seen before. And, um, it's it's a it's it's an interesting film. It has bones. Uh, we'll get there when we get there. So we'll say that. Yeah. To to peel back the the curtain a little bit and go a little behind the scenes, I had become aware of this movie like a year or two ago. I was watching. I think it was one of the In Search of Darkness documentaries. It might have been one or two, and it came up in that. And I thought the premise was really interesting, so I added it to a list of stuff I eventually wanted to get to on the podcast. So. In January, come the first of the year, when I started laying out the groundwork for this entire year, tentatively, it was one that I was like, yeah, we got to watch this. I'll put it down for February. So when you said, you know, pick something weird, pick something, I was like, this is probably weird from what I remember. (laughs) 
and it, yeah, it's definitely of, odd. It is. It is. It is weird. I will. I will, I will give you that. Absolutely. Yes. So um, and there, it were, is, there were so many surprises. I was <laughs> pleasantly surprised multiple times. Well, that's. I'll say this too: uh, is that it is a rare thing for me to not know pretty much anything about a movie. Um, not that I'm like this, like well-watched guy. It's just, but the internet exists, and you kind of like, and you mentioned the search of darkness, and like just through the the regular conversation of like you know genre, you end up hearing about things or you hear something about things, right? This is a film that you mentioned to me. I had never heard of it before, and I made it a point to not watch the trailer, to not read anything about it. This is one of the the few times in like like being a grown up and and seeking out media that I had no idea what I was about to watch. So that in itself is kind of like that's kind of refreshing because it the way this movie starts and the way it ends, it's like you like this really isn't like it, you know, it has its own course. But if you if I would have paused the movie halfway through, I still wouldn't have fit like, you know, like that's what's going to happen next. No idea. That's actually how I went into it, too. When it started, Jeff asked me, do you want to know the synopsis? And I said, no, I want to be 100 percent surprised. Yeah, because I mean, there's, I mean, I like, like my wife, who I love dearly, she, if if things are on her radar, then they just aren't on her radar. So I have to bring a lot of things to her and be like, can we watch this? She's like, I don't know what this is. I'm like, I know you don't know what this is. Can we watch it? Um, And so, <laughs> and so then like, she's kind of like this, like, there's times I, I'm envious where it's like, I know there's something that I'm passionate about that I like a great deal. And then like, if she didn't know anything about it and she's like, well, that's, that was a great film. It's like, why can't I have that moment? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know like, Which I mean, we have that, but like that pure, like, you know, someone's going to take you by the hand and be like, I want to show you this wonderful thing. And you just trust the system. Right. Like, and I'm not saying that, that there aren't people out there that don't give me recommendations. And like, you know, of course you guys too, it's just, you know, it's, it's rare to have like that, like, um, like just, like I said, when you mentioned this film to me and I was like, I just, I literally had no idea this thing existed though. I'm sure some of the imagery I've probably seen before and didn't, I did not know what movie to associate it with. Um, right. And I'm sure uh, with some of the local horror conventions here in Ohio, this feels like one of those movies that would be on the Blu-ray table by everything else. So I'm sure I've probably seen the cover art and didn't think twice about it. Cause you know, it has a particular eighties look to it that you know like you could put this right by like some like popcorn or something else and you'd be like yeah that's all that all that looks the same it almost seems like um something we would have seen it maybe in the background of a horror film like a movie poster and maybe we just didn't know what it was but it's definitely got a very iconic look to it yeah or there's something that would have been like one uh like usa up all night or when they used to do just the horror films like you know late night television like, yeah it's that's what this like so so for whatever reason i am honestly surprised considering the the circles i travel in that i i had never heard of this movie and then when i was talking about it a little bit last night in a group chat um thankfully the other people involved had all seen it so it wasn't like i was like you know ruining any of the weirdness mm-hmm. uh so it was just funny because i went on letterbox so i'm like oh all these people have seen this already well i guess i'm late to the party <laughs> you know whatever no but thank you like that's like I like I, I wanted to generally say that like it's it is unique. I mean, outside of a movie that just had just come out in the theater, right? But like, which you still get people writing and talking about. Uh, this is something I just it's it just it's this odd odd thing that I just zero knowledge. I was even to try to avoiding reading anything when I was trying to find it to stream because I didn't mm-hmm. want to learn anything else about it. So I wanted to give the movie every chance to win me over, you know, without having any pre- preconceived notion of what it was. Right. 
and like I said, I I only knew the few the little bit that they talked about it in uh, one of the In Search of Darkness documentaries, like I said, and I read a synopsis briefly and was like, okay, sounds interesting enough. And then I didn't do anything else. I didn't watch any trailers, didn't do anything because I knew I wanted to talk about it on the podcast and I wanted to see it with fresh eyes, not have like you said any you know any judgment going into it or expectations or anything like that. Just, just go in raw and fresh and see what it could give me. Giggity. Yeah, no, it's just, that's, <laughs> and I think this, I mean, for, for, you know, however we all end up on this thing is like, I at least want to say that, like, I, I appreciate like the opportunity to, to, to know Jack shit about a movie before getting into it, which is, you know, I normally, I, I always overkill myself by reading like about everything online, you know? So I, I, I did my best and here we are. Same. I I did some research on it. I've got notes here, just some some random facts and stuff. Not not too in depth about like, oh well, this actor. I mean, I know what some of the some of the actors did. I mean, speaking of that, real quick. So we have Dennis Christopher as our main character, Eric Binford, right? And I'm just gonna beautiful run off the perp- names. That- I think it's a beautiful perpor- performance. <laughs> it was good. It, it, it is a performance. We'll get there. <laughs> I'm going to run off just the names of people that I recognize because some of the other people I have never heard of before. So if either of you have, you can throw in some stuff. Of course, Dennis Christopher, our main character, who most of us probably know as Eddie Kasprak, the adult version in the 1998 miniseries. Tim Thomerson, who many people know from Trancers, probably from the Dollman series from Full Moon. I remember him as the dad in Iron Eagle. That's what I know him from. Yeah, it's very recognizable, like face, you know, like you just, you. And also, I'm, I'm glad that he, the way he was parting his hair. That's how I parted my hair most through, like, um, like elementary school and middle school. So I respect that. <laughs> and the only other two names here that I really recognize were, of course, Mickey Rourke in his second film, apparently, and Peter Horton, who was in the original Children of the Corn, if I remember that correctly. So I, I want to mention here real quick. Um, I didn't realize this. It's in the trivia. I think it's funny though that it was Gwen Guilford, who is the the you know the the lady cop that doesn't get much to do. Um, evidently, she was very much pregnant at the time making this film. And they kept had to hiding like her. And little do we know that this was Chris Pine's first movie. So um, mm-hmm. you know, much like uh, Rihanna in Super Bowl like performance, like Chris Pine has has a bit <laughs> movie that um you know. So I thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, this really? I was like, that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to do something other than this. You know, he went on. <laughs> yeah. Um, One of the few times where IMDb trivia is actually a piece of trivia. Yeah, right. And knowledge, not just this film made so much money at the box office. Yeah, we could figure that out anywhere. It's not trivia. That's just a fact. No, the, the ones that pissed me off about like IMDB, whatever letters, numbers, uh, and that is where it's like, this was talked about on So-and-So's podcast. I'm like, thank you, person of So-and-So's podcast to add that as trivia because no one else would have added that other than the person of So-and-So's podcast. So now after we talk about this, you can go add this as a trivia to this movie on IMDB. People are like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Chris Pine was, was in utero and also a skewed universe. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, other things. It's, yeah, it's right. kind of clever. If you think about it, <laughs> it's, 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 it's dumb, clever, but it's, it's clever. Brazen. It's nakedly brazen. Right. So right. 
so I, I do want to mention here that um what was it uh norman uh burton as marty uh Berger. he was the guy that ran the whatever that thing is the film place right uh, he was in um an original episode of the twilight zone from season four uh called miniature which he had an uncredited role in that but that was the one with um oh shoot it was actually one of the few hour-long episodes that i ended up liking a great deal um it has a uh, robert um oh duvall in that that's a really good episode and oh, it, was wow. one, it was one of the lost episodes it got aired once and then there was a weird um somebody claimed that it was um that, that, that the story had been like taken and that plagiarized so it actually got taken out of rotation until the 80s so anyway that's a good episode and then also uh linda carriage as marilyn o'connor uh she was an alien from la um and and the reason i bring that up is because that was the first mystery science theater uh film i'd ever seen was uh, Alien from L.A., and that's one of my favorites. It's a good time. I don't know if you've seen huh. Alien from L.A. with, with Mr. I, Sizemore. I have not. <laughs> I have not. Kathy uh, Hartland's in it. It's a canon-produced film, so you know it's going to be batshit crazy. Oh, my God. You had me at canon. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one I would mention here, just because this is the joke I'm going to make, and I'll get out of the way because I'm a hack and a fraud, is James uh, Luisi as Captain M.L. Gallagher. And I wrote, from when you when you want John Saxon, but you can't afford him. Because he yeah. looks like he looks like Kirkland Brand John Saxon, where it's like, well, I want John Saxon. We have him at home. It's like, no, mm-hmm. like, he was shouty, shouty Captain Man. But it's like, like John Saxon, really? Like you couldn't have like paid like fifteen more dollars and got him in this movie? But whatever. Anyway, like, John yeah. Saxon was doing Italian giallo films. He would have done this. Oh yeah, no, like for sure. Like I, um, I, every time, like I, I've been digging into a lot of other Italian stuff, not giallo, uh, but yeah, a lot of weird you know, action and sci-fi movies every so often like, Oh yeah, John Saxon. There you are. Good, good on you, sir. You know, but maybe at the time he was overseas and didn't want to risk, uh, incurring like uh tax credit, like tax issues going back to America. I don't, you, you never know. You never know. Um, so yeah, yeah he that's... was, Oh, oh go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's your show. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I I'm, I'm a wrecking ball. So I, you know, go ahead, please. Hey, I, I appreciate it. I was just going to say he was definitely John Saxon light. Like yeah. you order John Saxon, John Saxon off wish. And that's what you yeah, get. It's wish version. John Saxon. It's like, it's like, Oh, it's not quite the picture. Is it? Nope. Not really. Um, <laughs> so I also, I don't know if you're going to get into the writer director. I have some other notes about the producer and some of the other things that I thought was interesting uh, real quick. Um, I don't know if you have any notes about that or not. Yeah. Well, I know um sourcing here. Uh, yeah. I know it was written and directed by Vernon Zimmerman. And apparently this was his last feature film for like 15 years or something like that. His last like directing thing, I think he did a short later, but the, one of the things is like he uh, co-wrote 1989's film Teen Witch, which I've never seen, but like that's as well as ones that there's a nostalgia for it that people I talk love about. it. It's like, one of my favorites. <laughs> there you go. It is um, corny as hell. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I've not seen that. So uh, maybe, like, maybe next February. I'm kidding. No. Um, but one of the producers on this film was Erwin uh, Yablans, uh, who mm-hmm. was actually... Uh, his company, uh, Compass International Pictures, which was founded in 77, uh, that was the the company that actually produced Halloween. Uh, and there was, you know, there, after that, there was some problems with some money and uh, Carpenter and company uh, there. Um, but he would also go on to produce Tourist Trap, which if you see in the movie here in Berger's office, you see both of those posters displayed prominently, especially there's, there's the one sequence with the Halloween poster right there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then the company closed down 81, surprising nobody, before reemerging four years later under the name uh, uh, Trancaz International Films. Um, they have had a stake in every Halloween film going forward. And I know yeah. that they, they bought out some of the rights uh, from Carpenter and they, he was able to keep some. So it's like, uh, it's him and, um, oh, his uh, his producing partner at the time and wife. And it's I'm blanking on it because I'm a bad person. Oh, every I... time something, yeah. Um, every time something, there's a Halloween thing that comes out, he gets a check because of it and he's okay with it. So yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, now, then it was a whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing too is this film. This film was uh, distributed by American Cinema, releasing, uh, and I like they existed from seventy five to eighty one. You're gonna see it. You're gonna see a pattern here. Um, <laughs> its distribution wing is best known for uh, Chuck Norris's film uh, "Good Guys Wear Black," which led to them produce a number of action movies, including The Octagon. So, like, they had a brief bit, and one of the last films they released was "Fade to Black." So there was a lot of um. Like a lot of wobbly mm-hmm. behind the scenes money things and distribution things going on, which feels very canon adjacent. And then the last thing I want to mention here is that um, the music, uh, the score of this is done by Craig Safin, who um, mm-hmm. I keep running into with the 80s Twilight Zone, good, bad, and other one. <laughs> uh, but he did the score for The Last Starfighter, which is awesome. So oh, I, want... I love The Last Starfighter. Yeah. So, like, I just uh, credit where credit's due, but some of his stuff he does for TV. I just want to just want to pull my head off and kick it sometimes while watching the A's version of the Twilight Zone. But yeah. <laughs> I, I identify with that completely. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah. Just yeah. just on a side note here, uh, the last Starfighter and some people will probably hate me for this. That was my Star Wars growing up. No, it's yeah, it's a great movie. Then also when you have uh, Michael Myers directing it, you know, yeah. it's there's. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a great it's a great movie. I mean, I it could have used another fifteen minutes to develop some of the stuff, but what we got is great. I, I oh, love yeah. it. But I just I this movie exists. Fade to Black exists in this weird, like late seventies, early eighties murky where there was a lot of money, like a lot of questionable money floating around. A lot of companies trying to just like if they get that one big hit that you know like. And Canon, that's the company that was always trying to be like, well, we're going to make like 15 movies and we're going to sell the rights before, like the distribution rights before we even make them. And then one of them is going to make enough money so we can keep making more movies. And it's like, that's not a sound business strategy. They're like, we're going to pay $9 million for over the top. Like, that's not a good business strategy either. It's like, trust me, we'll get there. And then, you know, they, they didn't. Yeah. But a lot of these companies were kind of kind of canon it like they feel like uh canon adjacent as well so i thought this was, i thought when i was watching this it's like this feels like a canon film and it has, it has some of those edges to it and i, I i'm sorry i'm over talking but i was like oh my, was this not produced by canon because it feels like it would have been no no you're fine over talking i appreciate that because i didn't get any of that information normally i would try to get some of it but i was just so like i've been doing so much work behind the scenes on the podcast that I might forget to get some things. And I just didn't grab that much. So I appreciate that. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to give like, you a little. Were you like in the podcast garage, like on the, like on the board, on the floor and you had like, you know, you were like welding and then Leanne pulls the board out and be like, Hey, we got to get going. You're like, I got to fix these podcast pipes. And otherwise it's going <laughs> to fall apart or whatever. It's just like, you know, sparks flying OSHA violations all over the place, but you're going to, you're going to make it work. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And I'm I'm going to give you a little bit of a plug here, Paul, for Invasion of the Podcast. If any of you out there are wondering about canon films, go into the archives of Invasion. 
they did an entire year on Canon Films, and it well, was I mean, fascinating. What one a month, like because we, we yeah, I'm like we didn't do a full. Oh, I don't think I would have made it out the other end if we would just did Canon Films like for an entire year. Yeah, I mean there was enough there that like you guys sunk your teeth into Canon, and I don't know how you came out with as much of your sanity on the other side. Just having my co-host Steve and us having a good time and then also promising him that there was like one like legitimately good film that was like a hair away from getting awards recognition but the um, the powers that be could not possibly like they didn't want to give um you know uh, uh Golan Globus any type of that you know actual uh, you know acclaim you know, mm-hmm. so they, they kept them away from the the one thing that would have made them a legitimate like studio in the eyes of like Hollywood. They didn't give them any any of those awards. Right. But I kept telling Steve, I was like, just just trust me, there's one coming. And I knew it. But then we yeah. got, you know, we got through a lot, a lot of a lot of bad, you know, and then we came back. What was it a couple months later? And then we covered Superman four. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Superman four, the quest for Spoiler. more money. Yeah, Ugh, something yeah. the quest for more money on a really low budget. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's fun. And like I said, watching this, I got strong canon vibes throughout. Um, yeah, same here. I've seen a hand. I've seen my share of canon films over the years. I mean, the majority of Chuck Norris's stuff was canon, and I grew up teething on that stuff, basically. Yeah, and it just like was over the weekend. I ended up uh, watching like American Ninja again. That movie's a lot of fun. But it's like just with what I mean by this being like canon adjacent, where it's like there's you can tell that there's a, there's a good idea in this movie. And I guess maybe you should say spoilers. Cause if this is the first time the three of us have watched it, if anybody's coming in this conversation has not seen it, I'd say, you know, it's worth, it's worth a watch. If you don't know anything about it, I paid a dollar on Amazon to watch it. I thought it was going to be four bucks. It's like, Oh, reduced price $1. I'm like, well, that seems about right. That's fine. You know, <laughs> uh, it's also on shutter. Um, I didn't watch it on shutter just because I, there's, I don't have an app for it on my, my downstairs stuff. So I wanted to have headphones on to watch it. So right, it's easily available. So I'm just saying, if people haven't seen it, you know, like it's worth it's worth a watch. It just and there there are turns this thing takes that I don't want to ruin for anybody because they're just they're just like, what the hell is going on with this movie right now? You know, like so so yeah, that's but in terms of it being like canon adjacent, meaning. There's ideas and then it kind of meanders a little bit. And then there's also times where it's like, oh shit, we got to have the cops do something for a minute because we forgot about them for like an hour in this movie. I <laughs> thought know? the exact same thing. I thought, what do the cops have to mm-hmm. do with it? Where are they going to come back in? Yeah. And it was almost like there was a separate movie where, oh yeah. And also we got to mention that uh, Tim Thompson plays Dr. Jerry Moriarty. It's like, I movie, I see what you're doing. I see, I see, <laughs> you know, Moriarty, you know, you're like the foil, yeah. like, oh, I get it. You know, and it's like he's somehow supposed to be like this guy. It's not a cop, but like, like a therapist. But he's like the worst therapist, and also like the worst person to have around other cops. Was he actually a therapist? Because I couldn't figure out what he was supposed to do. Except, what about the harmonica? He played a harmonica pretty good, I guess. And, uh, yeah, if he smokes a lot of coke. Yeah, as the, as the cop is like as his uh, soon to be hottie. Maybe you know, is that the origin story for Chris Pine? I don't know. We don't know what's going on there. Um, is Tim Thomerson Chris Pine's uh, father? Maybe. Um, oh my god. I, I don't think so, but it'd be funny, right? Like, uh, it's like, I started playing the harmonica and doing real cocaine, and we just started filming him, and that wasn't part of the movie? Um, yeah, it's just, I don't understand, like, you never once saw him actually doing, like, any, like, um, psych- nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he no, did nothing, no. literally nothing. 
and and we will get there, but I want to give it just a brief synopsis. So Eric Benford is this somewhat delusional, lost in a world of film. He works for this like film supply company, delivering stuff throughout Los Angeles and Southern California. And he is obsessed to the point of madness, I would say, with film. To the point that he's the most annoying person with all of the trivia about pretty much every film ever made, just about. And things go off the rails from there. So he's like um, a comment section if it was a real person in 2023. He's a talkback section. He is, um, he is for a lot of like, he's an incel before that was even a thing, right? How, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm being serious in the sense of like, mm-hmm. He has his yeah. own, his own uh, viewpoints of the, how relationships work and how, like, you know, he has to be, what do they call them? The, the, the Chad is what they call I, I I think there's the parlance, right? Like, they call, like, um, they all make fun of, like, the, the good-looking oh, yeah, Chads, right? Yeah. And it's like, he has to be like that. And it's like, you can easily see, like, this movie it exists perfectly in 1980 where since he has so many films around him and just because it's, it's actually... I, that, I, wouldn't, I mean, it's a good setup where it's like you're living in California, you work for like a company that has a bunch of film, um, your aunt slash slash mother slash, I don't know what's going on there. Um, Cause that gets weird. Uh, how? Yeah. He's her Masseuse apparently. Well, I, I think it's implied that there's more going on there. I just don't like that. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's what I thought. Oof, and that's you know that's also feels very canon adjacent where everybody's like creepy horny for everybody for no reason um but yeah that was weird but and also you get like the 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 kind of the norman bates bit like except except his mother's still alive here <laughs> you gotta get that yeah character. the the part yeah. that weirded me out like i got i understood the the volatile relationship they had and they would antagonize each other but when he didn't want to finish breakfast and got up to leave she genuinely wanted him to stay and i'm like does she actually care about him what is going on i so i don't know it just it changed from scene to scene like even the bit later on whenever he's actually going to go on a date she seems like legitimately like oh look at you cleaning yourself up i was like is this one of those things where the only people they have in their lives are each other so they're just gonna be like they can both be terrible each other because like neither one's gonna leave each other yeah, uh, that's but it keeps changing from scene to scene. But his fascination with like cinema, you could do that in twenty twenty three. It's it's a much easier rabbit hole for someone like him to fall into because of the internet, right? So you could have mm-hmm. these people that get obsessive like this with trivia and everything else, and you can see that especially since we got through we're we're coming through the the well, I mean the pandemic's still going on, but you know people like forcibly shut in and all they have is media. And you know, and and in YouTube and everything else, there it's a harder stretch going then where it's like all this guy has is movies. Watching it now, I think we can not sympathize, but be like, yeah, that's what I would do. Where I'm sure then at the time people be like, but what, what what's the other thing you hear now? Go out and touch grass. Mm-hmm. You know, that's other, like, yeah, yeah, kid, go out and touch grass. You know, but his love, his love is cinema, and. I don't think he has a personality outside of it. I, you no. know, that's that's the vibe I get. But then, no, his personality definitely breaks throughout the entire movie. Yeah. So I just I think that his his personality type is something that um it existed then. I mean, it's always existed, but I think where we're at now with how everything's kind of you know everybody's aware with, with social media and everything else. 
this is something that's um you you almost feel like you wouldn't be surprised where it's like oh that kid that like watching all those old movies well i mean literally at one point he does bring a gun into a barber shop right but all right, right. well he, he brings guns into multiple places <laughs> sure why not you know all flavors <laughs> of, of, of you know public shootings but it's like it you know you, you wouldn't have been like oh yeah that benford kid yeah yeah i figured such something was going to happen to him <laughs> you know like he kept to himself until mickey work kept beating him up and not paying him money i don't know why he'd kill people it's weird <laughs> yeah i mean everything he did there was no real like definition of who eric binford was because right away any time he talked to his anti-mom he was doing it in voices for, as characters from movies when he saw Marilyn in the little diner he immediately was like not really himself he's just spouting off knowledge and like oh you're Marilyn Monroe I've seen all your movies like that was the only part that we really saw that might have been him everything else was recited as characters from other movies and it's like you don't know who you are at all there's no definition of an Eric Binford in you whatsoever you're living life as you're a character at least Ralphie in a Christmas story, you got to see him have multiple fantasies, right? And it's like, Eric like, <laughs> got one. And I think it'd have been better if maybe they would have leaned into more, like, even though you start seeing him acting out in different ways, would it have been better to actually like do like the you as the audience see like him seeing the world as these movies where maybe maybe you go sepia tone for the western bit or you go like that really cruddy black and white maybe you do more of like the darker like gangster film look maybe you do like you could tell that the filmmaker had it within his like his purview of the films he was wanting to reference but it's like maybe if we would have gotten more in his head and and it's the whole thing of like what if like what if Marilyn wasn't such a um like I don't know vapid? I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. like the only thing we know about her is that she likes getting wine drunk in her own her own place. <laughs> and um and I was gonna ask you this, Leanne, because I, I was talking to my wife about this last night. I was like, you know, I was like, you know, when you get in the shower, do you just leave all your makeup on? Is that a thing women do? <laughs> and I thought about that, but I was thinking, you know makeup and skincare today is way different than it was back then so i think yeah but at the same time i would have you know at least rinsed my face she just leaves her face dry like I, she would have rinsed her face with wine because that's what would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> like oh i've been just dumb just wine drunk again i guess i'll get in the shower now which i mean i respect <laughs> that i'm sure like you know getting a buzz on and taking a shower. I'm, I'm, I'm not denying that at all, but you know. <laughs> I think uh, we're seeing a little into your personal life. I don't know. That's <laughs> sure. Uh, the comedian Kyle Kinane has a whole bit about um, like drinking shower beers and playing like an iPod on, on, on shuffle and about how the musical effect is moved while he's just drinking shower beers. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard self-care. that bit. I have heard that bit several times, and I think you and I, Paul, may have just become best friends because you recited that skit here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't recite it. I, I'm not. Well, I'm you, not the, you mentioned the, the it. Magical, you talked about it. I'm not the masterful wordsmith that is Kyle Kinane, and if people don't know who he is, look him up. He's wonderful. Um, the guy just has an interesting viewpoint on the world, and I really appreciate it. But um, yeah, it's just this film, it it wears a lot. You can tell that it's it's kind of a love letter to film in a way. But it's also like, I just, there, there's stuff here, right? 
Mm-hmm. But it's just with him eventually breaking because what breaks him? Well, the girl he keeps calling Marilyn because that's her actual name, right? Fair enough. But mm-hmm. how she inadvertently accidentally stands him up. And then he's like, you know what? No, I guess, I guess I'm going to go talk to a hooker and see what I can get for 10 bucks. And then she walks away from me. And then he's like, I'm going to go home. And my aunt mom is frustrated that she didn't get her massage and whatever else was going on there. I don't know. And then he's like, you know what? I was watching a movie about a woman in a wheelchair that got thrown out stairs. That's a good call. I, I love that. <laughs> you know, like I mean, no, that that's fine. Like I like I like that. Um, this is also a movie very much before the internet. Of course, it is. But showing scenes, like distinct scenes of the films that he's watching, that feels like a modern cut to me. Like a modern edit to at least like remind you, like this this is the silver age of uh, cinema that he's watching. And you're seeing these other performances and this is what he's imprinting on. That was nice. Cause even when he's in the diner, like the stupid thing talking about the creature from black lagoon and his impersonations, like, dude, don't to stop. But <laughs> yeah. back to that, that, that cross cutting was actually pretty effective. Right. Like I thought that was cool. Um, and then, you know, even with him, like watching the Westerns with, um, I forget the name of the cowboy. I was going to say, howdy doody. That's not right. But um, hop along Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Sure. You know, I mean, I know it is. It is Hopalong Cassidy, you're right. But it's like, I like that it at least brings, like, maybe if you've not seen these movies in forever, which maybe you hadn't, because other than watching TV or going to the movie house, odds are maybe you hadn't seen that movie in like 20 years, 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a nice refresher, so you at least get in his mind. So I like that. It's just some of the, the motivations are a little weird, right? Like, so... I, yeah, I again, I, I apologize. I am talking way too much, yeah. but you know, you, you guys, you guys know what you got when you like whenever I was like, hey, I should come on the show, you know, whatever. So, um, Paul, yeah. I wouldn't have you on if you weren't going to talk, man. If you're going to be a mute, you know, I was gonna be, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I am now. I'm going to be stoic, and I'm just going to wait for the conversation to come to me. I'm going to, you know, that's you know the one thing I do like about this movie. I respect is that they're in this movie theater watching Night of the Living Dead, which I want to be like, of all the movies that you can show clips from, I'm like, I know you paid $0 for that. Good on you. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we know like, they, they didn't have to pay anybody for that. But there's a bit where someone's commenting, yeah. and, and then um, and then Benford's like, shh. And then they did, I'm like, to be in that world where you could oh. actually do that. Because yeah. uh, I, I, we now live in the hellscape of modern movie going, and I'm cranky old man that shakes my hand at the clouds and get angry. Um, watching movies where people won't shut up, <laughs> you know, but you know, when, when goddamn Dracula tells you to shut up, you shut up, you know? So I, yeah. that. That's the- yeah, I, I have my issues with people in theaters, like people talking, I'm like, you came to a theater to watch a movie, right? Not to have a conversation and ruin everybody else's experience. One, two, shut your damn phone off, put it in your pocket and watch the movie or leave, just leave. <laughs> Are we talking about the same scene that I'm thinking of where everyone's in a costume? Yeah, kind of. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but okay, so I I've always wanted to, to go to these like twilight showings where like everybody like it's like a marathon in theaters and fans go and basically recite all the lines and it seems like so much fun and I sound like such a nerd. So, um I I think it was one of those types of like movie events where people were going dressed up for a specific reason to have fun and be silly and watch their favorite movies. That's fair. Like I've been, so one of the worst viewing experiences I've ever had in my life um, 
I'm sure you guys are familiar with Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Oh yes. Uh, uh, we went um, the 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 Cleveland area. There, there's actually a really good. Um, uh, Cleveland Cinemas is actually a pretty good setup that we have for the city, where there's like four or five theaters associated in there. They do art house films. They do like modern stuff too, and they'll like. But in the before four times of the pandemic, they would do like midnight showings a lot of the times, and then once a month for a long time they would do an interactive uh, viewing of the room where you go in and watch it, and people can you know be rowdy, which is fine. But it was like, there's rowdy and then there's obnoxious, right? Like, and there was, there was a guy sitting like, what was it in front of us? And it's him and his girlfriend, which I mean, I just, I, I felt so bad for her. Um, he was like, like he knew where the points where people were supposed to react to were. And he would just kind of like, he, he was like turning around, like acting like, like you're doing it wrong. I'm like, calm down, dude. And he's like, yeah, like, like the whole thing was like, like if your whole if your whole thing is that you want to be the shining star at a midnight showing of the room, I you know it. Do, do you need a hug? Like where are you at, buddy? Like I just like I'm just I felt like and it was just so obnoxious. Like him trying to like like move like get the crowd to react right, and then also there's a whole thing too that I forget the phrase that when they say something, people are supposed to throw plastic spoons at the screen. Um, mm-hmm. I got hit with so many goddamn spoons. Um, <laughs> I was there with, with with my you know my uh, girlfriend at the time now wife and we're just like and it was like but we're kind of like we were kind of locked in the crowd so we couldn't get up and leave and it was just like this is hell on earth I can't do this right now right? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie that makes me so happy <laughs> that sounds like fun <laughs> that my my being tortured for an hour and a half yeah i mean I that's just, that's i can imagine me being in the crowd and just seeing these two people being so irritated that they have spoons thrown on them. well no no we kept quiet yeah. you know, whatever no it's like but if you ever get a chance to do like a movie marathon like there's one here also in cleveland that we do called the 12 hours of terror where it's like 12 hours of horror movies and you, you're allowed like like a little bit of participation is fine don't get me wrong i'm sorry this is a brief yeah story. but there's a bit where it's like <laughs> like you know, if you're watching Jason X, of course you're going to be a little bit rowdy, right? But like, if you're watching The Mist, shut up and watch the movie. You know? Right, like, I, think, I get it. <laughs> I think there's a difference there, right? Like, yeah. Um, so read the room. So maybe, maybe Dracula shushing people watching Night of the Living Dead. Fair enough. But I also the part of the movie that like I find the most unbelievable is that the person actually stayed quiet after getting shushed. That's wow, not, that's not a 21st century convention that we don't have that anymore. <laughs> no, they that would just fuel the fire. <laughs> yeah. And continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, now you'd get the person going, don't tell me to be quiet. I paid my money the same as you. It's like, yeah, I paid my money so you would shut the fuck up and watch the movie. Yeah. I mean, my mom used to talk through movies and I would shush her and she would say real loud, don't shush me. I'm like, oh, geez. I, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Like, uh, <laughs> there, there's been a lot of times in, uh, in my uh, adult life now where I give a movie about 15, 20 minutes, and if I feel like the crowd isn't going to actually, like, you know, calm down, I'll just go and be like, "Can I have my money back, please?" Like, because it's not working right now, and I'm just going to be annoyed for the hour and a half or two hours I'm in the theater. There you yeah. go. Um, that's so smart. It's smart, but it also wastes my time. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> At least you get your money mm-hmm. back instead of you know. Yeah. not having fun the whole time and then not getting your money back yeah like we went to go see megan uh was it a couple weeks ago uh that's like we went like uh, it was like a tuesday or something and it's like oh you know what it, it should be okay 
and it's like Tuesday in the afternoon and it's like there there was a, like a family behind us that like I'm watching the we're watching the trailers I'm like oh they're real loud during the trailers this isn't going to go well but it's oh. like it's a killer doll movie so I'm like yeah like what can you do like it was like I mean this isn't going to win the Oscar so I understand where this movie's going I'm just, we're just going to watch it it's fine you know so yeah. that was the <laughs> yeah you didn't you didn't go to watch some merchant ivory film or some highbrow you know oscar bait well but it's like i've been like at I, the same time yeah like well you recently watched wakanda forever i saw you posting about that and i did too yes. i tried going to see the theater like once and i misread uh the calendar and i bought a ticket for an 11 p.m show versus a.m show and I'm like, oh, then wonder the theater isn't open because it's not, they're not open. So I was, I was trying to counter, like, you know, program my ability to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wanted to see the theater. It just didn't happen. If I had went to see Wakanda Forever in the theater with the people that were watching Megan, I would have been volcanic because I just want to watch that movie. You know, like, I don't need them. Killer Doll movie, different. And I'm, I'm not saying a comic book movie is like high art, but it was one I was looking forward to, you know? So that's why I was like, well, if I'm not going to catch it now, I'm just going to stay home. And watch it like I have a pretty big TV. I'll be okay, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, now like, with Ant-Man, yeah, with Ant-Man coming out, I'm gonna have to try to find a way. I might call in dead one day at work and go like like a one o'clock show during the week. I've done that. Like I've called off like like. Well, now I don't have to, like. Anyway, it's like I can schedule around things, right? But it's like there's times where I'm like, is it Wednesday at a one o'clock? That's a good time to go watch a movie. I am mm-hmm. the oldest person in the world when it comes to watching movies. Like, oh no, I, like, I go, like I just I've done go, that myself. I've done that back in the day. If there was some movie I wanted to watch and I knew it was going to be crazy on opening weekend, I'd wait till a few days later. Then be like, ah, I can leave work early today. And then I'd go catch a movie. Well, I think like I caught like one of the last showings of Shang-Chi before it was like six minutes before I went to Disney plus. I think I ended up catching one of the last oh. of the theater. I'm like, it's me and like two other people. This is perfect. You know, like yeah. I, I'm not good for the theater industry. Like, I'll say that. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I apologize. Uh, Fade to Black. You can tell how passionate I am about the movie Fade to Black. Um, <laughs> so, Leanne, I, I want to get some of your perspective on this. I know you took some notes. So what are what are some things that stuck out to you that you wanted to take down? Because I know you have maybe a, a slightly different perspective, you know, as a woman and seeing this guy creepily stalk this woman throughout the movie. Well, I think it's funny that you point out that one part. <laughs> I had a lot of feelings about this movie because I I really, really liked it. <laughs> it was so over the top. And ev- I have a really short attention span. And I was engaged the entire time. And um, I really liked, I forget the name of the main actor, but he was really good in it. Um, I really liked the makeup and... He was obnoxious, but like perfectly obnoxious. Like he was the right instigator. He was perfect. Anyway, uh, some of my notes involve things like ding dongs on a streetcar. <laughs> yeah. What are the what are the first lines we hear from one of the old films playing over the during the opening credits? <laughs> when we were still trying to figure out what was going on. Um, ah, here we go. Uh, weird crotch. Which one? <laughs> I only paid attention to one. And then there was a scene and I, I said it out. It's, it's you know, the, the scene where it's cr- crotch heavy. Okay. Um, 
I, he, he, the way he was laying on the bed, I told Jeff, I said, I really hate his crotch. And he just went and grabbed his crotch. The actor did not, Jeff. Jesus. And yeah, I yeah, was like, I, uh, yuck. Oh, the, the <laughs> I can tell you the first time she noticed it was the first time we see him at work in his little desk area. <laughs> then he has his Binford studio sign when he doesn't even have a studio. And she noticed exactly which way he gets dressed according to how <laughs> how his uh his uh fellas were hanging and showing, <laughs> you know. And then I couldn't stop looking at it because she had to point it out. So okay, so here here's a callback. Would would you say that like you were looking at his Binford tools? Going on. Okay, you're not the only one that got the home improvement vibe from hearing his last name is Benford. Thank you. Of course, right? You know, uh, you know. That's why I just wanted to you know, throw that out there. Um, yeah. yeah. As soon as I saw the mailbox with the name Benford, I was like, "Is this the origin of Benford Tools?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is a Benford tool. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, also, a lot of toupees in this movie. Oh man. Yeah, as you do at the time, you know. Really? I don't know. I don't know that bad means. ones. They they were they sure. were bad. Well, I mean, it was 1980. Oh, yeah. My. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, conservation kook and space case. <laughs> yeah, those like, were terms uh, used. Yeah, the guy Moriarty's like, he's like, it's like um, something about parking. He's like, yeah, I ride a bike, and the the the, the, the captain's like, of course he does. You're a conservation like. And as soon like, as he said that, I went, oh, yeah, of course he does. Like, of course he would. It's uh, like, okay, like uh, maybe maybe it's still an area that you could just like ride your bike to and from work. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know, especially in L.A., right? Well, I th- like this was um, Venice. I mean, you guys, I know you. Oh, okay. Right. So, I don't know the geography of, of California because, like, I think every, I live in Ohio. Everything's three hours away, which is not the same as the rest of the country, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, every, so, uh, which, by the way, I want to point out that that police station, I swear to Christ, I, I can't prove it because I didn't go back and scrub through the film. That's the same police station from Assault in Precinct 13. I think it's the same one. Anyway, that's because I, I think it's the same station. Just, you know, it's a little bit more brighter and there's not gangs attacking it. But anyway. Um, yeah, I like how it's like, oh, you're a weirdo. You believe in trying to help people with words, <laughs> not guns. You ride a bike. I, I'm glad yeah. that we're past that type of like, I'm glad that we're as a society, we don't judge people like that anymore. That's good. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Um, I also, like, yeah, I just like that he was like, I've never effed a cop before. And it's like, and, oh, do you use this gun, this loaded gun? <laughs> like, like, also, we just had sex in this bed. You want some Ritz crackers? And just we're hanging out. <laughs> I know they came from under the covers. Why? I know. Like, oh, <laughs> I know everything's pretty good on a Ritz. Not that. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want any of the any of the sex crackers. You know, no, no, no. <clears throat> anyway, well, okay. So we noticed that he was uh, burning his uh, aunt mom's books in the fireplace. Yes, One was. Right. One was carrots can make you well. Yes. Health for the handicapped. And prunes for health. Thank you for bringing up the titles. I was going to make a joke at the beginning of the episode. That I remember. <laughs> I like that. He's like, no. And then he went in the fridge. He was like, all vegetables out. I was like, he's living like this like meat-based diet, like Jordan Peterson. It's like, no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a good a good call. You're going to get scurvy, buddy. Don't do that. Like, just you know. <laughs> 
He's just going to live on soda. <laughs> soda. Yeah. Yeah. Soda and cigarettes. He'll be, he'll be. <laughs> and did you also catch his order at the diner that like it was, uh, was it two chocolate donuts and like a hot dog with everything and then fries? Did you catch and that? And that's his yeah. usual. That's yeah. his usual. Like, you weigh seven pounds. How is that possible? <laughs> All the cigarettes and Coke. Well, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this it. movie. Or he just never eats it. He was there and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to order that, but I'm also going to hit on these these women over here and then I'm going to leave. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And then even later on, it's like, there's that bit where he's like, that was it the one, like, walk up stand later and he orders something. Like, when well, he's like, like hanging, hanging out, that one guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, hey, have you seen Marilyn Monroe walk out? And he's like, she's been dead. He's like, no, she isn't. And then he just like tosses all the food. It's like, that dude's just working his job. You don't need to do that, dude. Like all that chili sauce all over the place. That has to be gross. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, One of my favorite parts is when he gets uh, toward the end, when he gets shot in his uh, lung and continues to be able to scream for like half an hour. <laughs> he, he has amazing uh, uh stamina after getting shot repeatedly for only weighing seven pounds right yeah and, and also he around. was feeding yeah. Marilyn so many pills <laughs> so many pills yeah we don't even know what happened to her like, no uh, yeah, no like she got locked in a room apparently on the roof of Grauman's Chinese theater never to be seen again I like that this film it was made for what was like 1.5 million at the time, how it was still really cheap to shoot in Hollywood. You know, like that would never happen now. Oh no. Like, it's like, Mm-mm. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like his, his uh, lifestyle choices were questionable, but it's just like, but it's almost, it's almost like, you know, if you, if you um, it's like, you're living on your own for the first time. It's like, no one tells me I can't have birthday cake every day. That's, you know, it's, it's, it feels like that's him where it's like, no one can tell me what to do anymore. You know, like my aunt's in a jar and I want to stuff out my cigarettes in her urn. And it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to be my own man. In fact, I'm going to make my, I'm going to change my name to that of a movie character. And I'm going to literally change the street sign, the designation of the street outside my house. Cause I'm sure that's a crime. You know, like if you go altering street signs, I'm sure the, you know, like Somebody's going to notice that and be like, dude, you just can't make up street names. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you could do that. You know, that, that'd also be like, you know what, that stop sign, I'm just going to put it in my basement. You just can't take stop signs away from intersections. That's probably like a big safety hazard. I don't oh, know. I'm certain it I've, is. Never, I've, I've never stole street signs, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. But I just, I like the idea too, also, like that he is, um, he has a fascination with kind of like the noir era, like the, like um, he, he's definitely like Bogart and um, you know, um, what was it? Uh, oh, I, I, there's a couple. I saw some of the other. Um, Did you appreciate his black and white suit? Yeah. I thought like, that was cool. It's just also, where are you getting that money from? Right. You know, like, like all of a sudden he starts getting, Oh, you know what? He got it from his aunt. Oh, the, was, the it, it was line. mentioned. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. like he has like all the cutouts of like Cary Grant and he tries to do a Cary Grant. He doesn't do a good Cary Grant. No. You know, but it's like he like there's a whole thing there. There's a certain kind of vibe. And like even later on when he rents out like studio space, which that's questionable. But you literally see a Maltese Falcon like, you know, hanging out there. Um, but yep. it's just, 
Yeah, there's a lot mm-hmm. of. But that you know that. what? I I question the security because the instructions are how on how to get in are right there, and everyone can just get in. <laughs> yeah, it's some, that's some Resident Evil bullshit going on, right? Like, <laughs> right. It's almost welcoming people in, like, don't push this red button. Yeah, like, like, don't, if you push this button, I'm gonna pill you up, and we're gonna live in a fantasy world that's not gonna end well. But what what I think it sucks though because when they first started like when he gave her a ride to work or whatever they were getting along so well and I was I was hoping it would not be a horror movie and it would be like a romantic comedy because <laughs> well, I, I was hoping them to work I was hoping for more of like a Carrie situation where it's like he's coming out of his shell and she's actually trying to like see him for being like you know what. He's just this kid's passionate, and she's here from Australia, like for reasons, you know. And both of their parents, they like her parents died, and his he didn't know, or the opposite, or something. He knew one of them. Like, well, <laughs> he didn't know that he knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's like I think there. You, if you would have done it where it's like she's trying to like you know get him to come out of his shell, and she sees a kindred spirit where they both want to be successful, and like it's you know it's. It's Hollywood. It's the land of dreams, right? I mean, sorry, it's it's filmmaking. I don't know like, in terms of geography, but it's movie making, right? Like that's where you want to be, and it's like everything's built upon. Because even her friend, uh, Marilyn's friend, was like, "Oh, there's this one girl that I knew from forever ago, and she tried to make it out here." And it's like, and then she's like, "Well, what happened?" She's like, "She killed herself because she didn't make it." I thought there was going to be a little more context there. I missed that. They're talking about that in the diner, Jeff. Am I right about that? Because they're talking about how. She like the the brunette was like, yeah, I had a friend that tried coming out here and didn't didn't quite make it. And then Marilyn's like, well, what happened? She's like, oh, she killed herself. Yeah, she yeah, took yeah. a shotgun and yeah, yeah. She was very much like, you should be careful about trying to be famous, and that's all you want to do because it could drive you fucking insane. Yeah, and then but then even we get the end though. It's like, oh, Marilyn's like, yeah, this guy wants to take photos of me, and she's like, well, I'm gonna her the brunette. It's like I'm gonna be there for you, and it's like, oh, push for entry. All right looks legitimate there's a maltese falcon it's clean in here i'm gonna go like what where like you were this person that was worried for your friend the entire time you're like oh it's well lit must not be a psycho later we thought the exact same thing we were mm-hmm. like wait is she just gonna leave like, <laughs> she was <laughs> insisting on coming along for her safety it was just like i guess you're good out like just <laughs> bye <laughs> Hope you don't need a ride home. Yeah. See you later. Like, hope we don't take any weird um, Alka-Seltzer tabs or whatever later. <laughs> they were um, huge. <laughs> I, just wanna, I was going. I was going to make the joke like the last like fifteen minutes. Of this film was like the worst Mentos commercial ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, you're like you know, it's like Mentos freshener. You see him on top of the theater running around. You know, mm-hmm. like anyway. And I'm just shoving more Mentos in her mouth. Anyway, but it's like the friend was like, I'm worried about you. Yeah, seems good enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> meanwhile, he doesn't even hide that he's drugging her. Yeah, he's like, yeah, take some more, take some more. <laughs> she's like, well, that's what my that's what my family would have had me do had I known them in Australia. I think he gave her some more and said, um, wake up or something, like time to wake up. It's yeah. like, is he giving her different types of drugs? Like, what is going on? Is it like the Elvis mix? You know, like downers. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 It's just that whole thing is confusing. Um, also, like, it doesn't make sense earlier in the movie, and I'm bouncing all over, where he's dressed up as Dracula, right? But by the way, that that makeup 
was good. I don't understand why he did the two face split other than like, oh yeah, we get it, movie. Thank you. I so, I commented on that as well. So yeah, we're on the same uh, page. No, it, it's an effective visual, but it doesn't make any sense. And and that was my point to Jeff. I said, why is he turning to that side? Who is she showing? What is he looking at? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So but then like after you know he chases the hooker and then she ends up getting stabbed in the neck by like a picket fence and it's like that's so it's like it's so random it's also kind of kind of great but kind of not i don't know anyway i love that you're bringing up that scene just yeah it's just how she just ran away and it's like i guess i'm gonna get stabbed in the neck now and he's like <laughs> and it's like he's like he touches i was i was expecting more like he would touch the wound in her neck and be like oh man she like she's dead and then maybe like you know be a creeper and like put the the fingers to his mouth as opposed to full-on well i guess i'm drinking her blood now i'm like, like you know, <laughs> well like, it's funny because when when he was doing that he like he he was acting like he was gonna touch it and both me and jeff are like put it in your mouth put it in your mouth put it in your mouth and then he did but then he went straight for her neck i'm like ew <laughs> yeah also, like you're gonna get wood bits in your mouth. I don't want that anyway. But and I said like, splinters. So yeah. yeah. It's like it's hooker blood. So you have no idea <laughs> what's going on there. Yeah. You know. I mean, at any time it can it's a gamble, but especially <laughs> at, at 1980. But one one thing about that scene that I like when he started to touch the blood, his face was like, Oh, this is real. Yeah, and then it went to like, oh, what does always it taste like? He, all, like he was, always waffles between himself and like, oh, maybe I'm the bad guy. Like, we don't get enough of that. I think that's what you're talking about, right? Where it's yeah. Like, oh, oh, that she's moment dead. of clarity and then right back into, in this case, the Dracula persona of, oh, well, I need to drink her blood now to sustain myself. Yeah. It's just, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just weird because it's also, it seems like he's aware of the dichotomy because we get later whenever you know like whenever he uh shoots mickey rourke when he's dressed up as uh what um you uh hop along cassidy which i'm also gonna argue he's dressed up more like one of the cowboys from um that uh primus video um <laughs> uh what was it the um what was it uh why why those big brown beaver is that the video that was that the one where they're all plastic cowboys i can't remember but i think so it's like you're dressed up like as a plastic cowboy. It's, it's calm down, you know. Anyway, so also like <laughs> like no one's gonna notice that. Just anyway, that's a thing. But like he's aware because like he, he brings uh, Mickey works like buddy to the police station. He's like, well, if you could identify him, nobody could. It's like, yeah. Well, I don't know how many other people that I know would be weirdos having like props in their house. I don't know. It just feels like and he was completely acting like a weirdo the whole time. He never tries to hide acting like a weirdo so yeah he's definitely going to be at the top of the list <laughs> right and be like you know like just i'll see you on down the trail he doesn't say that but you know, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. you know um yeah but this, his whole his whole taking personas from films that's a cool idea like i mean for for what it is like cheesy is all get out right that's a fun mm-hmm. thought there could be more fun there just that I think the execution of this, especially whenever he is um, trying to induce a heart attack with uh, Mr. Burger, which, by the way, uh, somebody that has going to have heart problems with the last name Burger. Well, who saw that coming? Um, but <laughs> him, him dressing up as a mummy, stalking him around, like, and, uh, and trying to force a heart attack. It's like, well, you know, also going to force a heart attack. I don't know. Turn all the lights off and scare the dude. That also works, too. 
but um it's just like there's a whole thing where it's like i get it and it almost feels like adjacent to do you remember like all the scream knockoffs and then oh, yeah. like urban legends this feels kind of akin to that where it's like it has to be an urban legend or else it doesn't matter you know <laughs> like sure yeah yeah. Very much so. And and I called that out because Leanne goes, how's he going to kill him? What's he going to do? I said, he's probably trying to induce a heart attack since we've already been told several times he has heart problems and is getting ready to go in for an operation. Like, it was the only he... one that I knew was going to happen. So I'm like, okay, this was telegraphed from like one of the very first scenes in the movie. Yeah. Like you could, like you could even, you didn't even have to do like a movie reference there where you could just knock the pills out of his hand. Right. And just been like, um, there's there's the film what was it, the Michael Douglas film falling down, um, yes. where he on the golf course, right? And um, the guy is like he just his heart seizes up and then he just kicks the pills away from him or whatever and just lets him collapse. It's like you could have like that could have been effective to be like oh you think you're so big like you're nothing and like you you've been yelling at me this entire time like you could have that could have been the one time where Eric could have been Eric right and nobody was around. It didn't have to be wrapped up in a mummy. Also, we didn't have a bit earlier in the film where Mr. Burger's like, you know what? Thank goodness that I'm going to bypass soon. Thank goodness because um, there's that Egyptology exhibit coming soon to the California that I'm terrified of mummies. Like, we never got that from him. That would have been yeah. amazing. <laughs> like, the one thing that scared him was mummies. <laughs> was never established. So, yeah, I, I, I like the idea. And Leon, I'm glad that you enjoyed this film. It's a fun, this would be a fun movie to watch with a bunch of people, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I just think cohesively, there is there is some stuff that is lacking. And it is, and I feel bad because you like you invited me on the show and I'll be like, hooray. Mm, like I'm right down the middle <laughs> with this. Meaning, like when I put this in letterbox, I gave it a 2.5 because there's plenty here that I think is good, but it doesn't quite get there. And some of his his like folding into his movie personas is a good idea. Um, I also think it's a, it's a credit to the actor and this is going to sound backhanded. So forgive me that his impersonations of like movie stars are goddamn terrible, horrible. Yeah. But I think that's also kind of like, I think he was trying his best meaning. I think that the actor was trying their best, but I think if you watch the movie, you're like, this is a person so wrapped up in their head that they think they're being the best. Yes, exactly. I I think I I I think he was literally nuts. Like I don't think he understood the consequences of the stuff he was doing and the stuff he was saying. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but also like when he went and confronted the one director and producer, right, about him. Yeah. Um, like, but he goes into the beauty parlor and he has the Tommy gun, which where the hell do you find an active like actual Tommy gun right with the, <laughs> with the barrel clip like yeah that's not just something right. that's a lot around right like him having the other guns I mean, it's America I, like you, you go to an in and out I'm sure they give you a gun I don't know but um, just like, <laughs> I want something animal style and they're like yeah do you want a gun sure two guns that's fine um, uh, you it's know, off it, the menu it's what that's what I'm saying like it's, it's off the menu item it's just like <laughs> nine millimeter there you go here's your gun whatever right like um like <laughs> but like a tommy gun <laughs> just like that's like that's not really a thing that you just have like that's not like also like they don't make them anymore like you know with the 
Like, I don't no. know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just thought that was hey. great. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, please. I was gonna say maybe wherever he bought that Packard that he was driving around in when he showed up to the the salon, maybe it was sure. like, hey, we got a Tommy gun that goes with this. It's vintage, you know. We'll throw it in for free. Yeah, it's like, do you guys I have mean, live ammo? Of course we do. We're not idiots, you know. Like, yeah. would you oh, like the violin case to keep it in too? <laughs> we call it the Saints Valentine's Day's package. Just you know, it's fine. <laughs> you know, like it's fine. It's just whatever. You know, like just. You know, it's it's the Capone special, right? Like, because it's okay, it's okay to because he walked in with the gun uh, there, um, and then later on when he goes in the theater, everyone's like, "Oh, they're more scared because like he's walking around with a woman, like with Marilyn being like under duress as opposed to an active gun." I don't know. It just feels weird to me that it, everybody's pretty okay with guns just being a thing. Like you know, oh, he has a gun. Oh, okay, whatever. Which I don't know. Unless it's Texas in this day and age, yeah. but yeah, he shows us the full Tommy gun to the beauty salon. But but he he says everybody scram or whatever, right? And they all leave, and it's like, and he um, turns the gun on the producer. You talk about him being like nuts. Um, he is, but he's aware of why he's signaling this guy out, right? So Eric knows that his his idea got taken, right? But the only way he can justify it is like. Well, I have to put this uh, mafia persona to make like it's almost like I have to give my myself permission to kill this guy, and I have to. No, do it that for, makes sense. You know, like like I can't do it, but mafia guy can. You know, like you know, so like I don't like also when he was like you know um, you know Woody from Toy Story shooting Mickey Rourke, he was like, reach for the sky. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's a snake in my boot, and I was like, you're talking gibberish, whatever. Um, like, um it just. Like, I get it. It's like, well, I didn't do it. You know, Hopalong Cassidy did it. You know, like, that feels like that disassociation of, like, Norman Bates. Yeah. But there's enough there where Eric is being Eric. And it's like, I don't buy it. So that's that's frustrating. You know, that's all. It's like, you know, like, if he would have, like, and also, I just, I feel like watching this film, and I know this would never happen because, one, it wouldn't make no sense. But also, it's like, could you imagine like an update of this film with like Tom Holland in that role. Oh. Cause I think he would have the chops to pull off everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. But also he's too Tom Holland to not be like, Oh, he's not a loser. I love him. He's but, yeah. But, he's too likable, but it's like, but you could see him making himself kind of, there's that film that came out a couple of years ago called cherry, which I need to watch that he did with the Russos, which I heard is kind of a slog, but he wanted to play like a, like a troubled character. Cause he didn't want to be Spider-Man for everything. I'm like, gratefully So you want to be challenged. Right. So like, I think, but something like where you have this like love of movies and you have this chameleon esque character, I think someone like him would be able to pull it off, you know? And that way you can still be kind of rooting for him, but also being like, Oh man, that darkness is pulling on you. I don't, I'm not saying I like, I, I get this actor. I get why he's doing this, but I would also would appreciate that when you're doing the thing that you're doing, I buy the thing you're doing versus this kid. That's kind of being, um, you know, it, it's like, you, you, do you know those people that were raised being super confident because like their, their parents told them they could do whatever they want, but then they they turn out that they can't do a goddamn thing. Right. You're like, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm a good singer. No, you're not. Oh, I'm really funny. No, you're not. 
I'm I'm a really, I'm a really good sports person. No, you're not. Like you know, like you know, like like I just would have been would have been great for like somebody to actually like find out like you know what he actually does have a knack for this. Wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like there's there's a good movie in here somewhere, and I'm gonna say it. I actually really had fun with this, despite the fact that it's corny and over the top, and there are so many leaps of logic in this. But there's little glimpses of what could have been. Like when he's going back and forth and realize knows what he's doing, but is like, I can't do it, but this alter ego can. I almost would have liked it if they didn't have him show up and kind of say why he was there, but maybe like sees the TV playing the producer who he randomly met out of nowhere. We have no idea why he's hitchhiking and gets picked up by this producer. Did I miss something there, guys? Did I miss where oh, there was? Oh, no. You 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 missed as much as how the police started figuring out that this kid's involved with everything. Okay, thank you. We both called right? that out because they they knew they knew he was dressed as a mummy, but the security guard left. So who saw him? <laughs> yeah, right. They're like also like, oh, this kid is obsessed with movies, and the police chief's like, no, he's just give me results and get away from here, you jerk, or whatever. He was like yelling at him. Yeah, <laughs> there was there was one of those things where it's like, man. You know what? A maybe maybe a fifth pass at the script. You could have had something a little bit more here. Yeah, but don't worry. We definitely had sex in bed with rich crackers. That was important to put in the movie. Um, yeah, but uh, continue. We, we, you're saying and is, masturbation. Yeah, no, but like I get that. Like I'm not saying that I want to see weird crotch or anything, but like there is that um, fulfillment portion, right? And there's mm-hmm. the bit too where he is like looking at Marilyn Monroe. And then he goes from desiring to being angry at her because she's unobtainable. Like, right. That is something that's like, that's very Norman Bates. That's very um, in <clears throat> 2023 uh, incel, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's just that, <laughs> like, there is like, because you set up in your mind, like, what is the perfect girl, right? Who is the Ramona Flowers, right? Um mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, oh, but wait, they're real people and they have their own world and maybe you're not the perfect person for them. Like you, like you, you know, you put something on a pedestal. It's never going to be, even, even if you get what you think you get, because even then when he does the photo shoot and she's like, oh, I'm here. And he's looking the same. He's just dressed up in like fancy dress, you know, like, cool, great. Also, a photographer dresses up as like, like a Lord from 1913. I don't know. That's weird. I've, I've never been to a photo shoot. Don't think that's how that goes, but how she's okay with it until she's like, "Oh, I know who you are." Like, well, okay, great. Don't you think that'd have been a red flag that you he think. Like, that he that he presented himself as somebody that's not rented a studio space with a different name, has a full area where there's actually like like literally no photography, like like the um the big uh, lights and the umbrellas. For like, you know, like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, like the big silver yeah. for like, you know, like for catching light and putting it the right way. He's just like, you know, and then he just talks in this weird accent the entire time. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe she hasn't been to a lot of photo shoots, but I'm going to say that maybe that's not the way it goes. But then again, she did like randomly start talking to him, you know, at the cafe or whatever. 
and yeah, left with him. <laughs> so she's very trusting. <laughs> but, like, but it's like she just wants to see where things go. And if we would have gotten a little bit more from her where maybe she's also kind of a little like delusional, which we kind of get that, but you know I got that definitely. Yeah, but, yeah, but be, like I'm saying it's an 80-20 split where it's like she's 20% delusional, he's 80% delusional, you know, like just yeah, you know, oh, I yeah. don't know. But I mean, there's, there's a point. There's, in... Yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, go ahead, you first, and then I'll make my no, point. Go it's ahead. your show. <laughs> it, 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 it feels like a like a Joker Harley Quinn situation where it's like he's the crazy one and she is too, but you know, you see her reasons, but he's completely batshit. I like I think that's what they're aiming for before that was a thing. That it, makes sense. It doesn't come across yeah. that way, you know. So. No, and I mean, we have a point in the film where her friend looks at her and goes, you know, you're really naive. And she goes, oh, thank you. And I yelled at the TV. That's not a compliment. Like, good day. Like, she's telling you, stop being so naive and trusting of everyone. You're going to get yourself murdered. <laughs> she's like, thanks. I somehow I ended like, up here in California from Australia. I don't like for reasons. I don't know. Yeah. yeah they, that and then just randomly seeing pictures on a billboard. Oh, this guy took photos of this. Oh, he's got a photo shoot for me scheduled for tonight. Nobody schedules photo shoots at night unless they're wanting to do things of a horrible nature to you. I, I wish could, could, I wish that billboard would have been listed as Craig's list. Like, oh. <laughs> like nothing bad happens on Craig's list. Yeah. Oh man. Oh no, so many things. So many things. Just <sighs> the idea of delusion and um I'm trying I'm trying to think. There's so I, I was gonna put this to you guys, um, like in the future. I'm talking like maybe a couple of months down the line. Uh one of one of my favorite films of like like it's it, like just it keeps going up and up into my list is uh there is an um an animated film from Japan from like oh mid nineties, perfect blue that I've talked about on an on invasion of the podcast a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either one of you have seen that. If you've not, I would it's like, on my list. I, I, I adore that film. Um, but it also deals with the blurring of like celebrity and obsession. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it would be, I wouldn't call it a bookend. I think there is a more satisfying conversation with the way that film plays out in terms of obsession, delusion, and fantasy where right. this film speaking to this and we get hints of it but there is something that is there is um there's something lacking and when i when i again like i put this like right down the middle of like you know what i did enjoy watching this for being a blind watch so i do thank you for su- suggesting this um there are there are problems i have with it but i would love to bring to you guys later sometime perfect blue to to visit that cuz um there's a lot there I think that is handled better than uh, what we got with this. That's what I'm down. Yeah. Same here. It's on my list. uh, Of course, because I heard you talk about it on your podcast. I went, that sounds interesting. This sounds really interesting. I'm putting it on my list. Blu-ray get the Blu-ray because there, there are versions of available where the English dub is able to easily see, but there's bits where there is text on the screen that isn't translated in terms of like, (laughs) this is dating itself fax machines and things that there isn't translations for um that maybe you should get the blu-ray for yourself so you can see everything going on but mm-hmm. i think that's um this this film tries to be um de palma um but like not quite like de palma like 
Like, um, it's like, it's a De Palma film. No, it's not quite there. It's like, it wants to be a Hitchcock film. Not really though. You know, like it's just, it, it's like, um, it, it wants to be a bullseye, but it's like, when, it'd be like me playing darts and it would hit the, hit the wood outside the board of the dartboard and hopefully mm-hmm. not somebody's hand while they're like holding a beer. <laughs> you know, like it yeah. wants so much to be something that it, it has a lot to say. It doesn't have the right vocabulary to say it with. Like, like much like me tonight talking. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, like uh, our good friend Okoro says, you always bring something to the table that is very much coherent, and you have a lot of good things to bring up. So I'm going to reiterate what he tells you all the time. No, like I bring him, like I, like, like I'm like I drew a turkey. You're like that's the best hand turkey I've ever seen. I'm like, thank you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah no he's he's the brains and i'm just i'm i'm that guy that gets killed first in the movie because i was like screwing around and playing nintendo (laughs) not paying attention you know so oh you and i are pretty much the same guy then because (laughs) that's me as well we're both sitting there we're playing street fighter 2 and we don't realize jason's behind us with a weed whacker just getting ready to take us both out you know he can wait (laughs) you know like i actually have a combo because i'm just button mashing it's fine so um, no, like I just, this, this film has a lot, it's, it fresh, it's frustrating, which what I like, it's like, um, when I compare it to a Canon film, cause there's a lot of things where it's like, it's like, uh, they're like, yeah, like we want to say a lot because like, oh, we're, we're going to do a thing. It's going to be different. It's going to be interesting. It's like, yeah. Are you going to give me any money? No. <laughs> like, are we going to, like, are we going to like, am I going to expect you to shoot this in three days? Yeah. Like it's just, there is, there is something here. Um, It's just, it's missing something. And um, in terms of being cheesy and corny, this would be a fun movie to just put on in the background, have people watch and dip in and out of perfectly fine. There's plenty of this, right? It's just, right. Uh, I think that it's just, I guess it's just frustrating because there are, there are bones here and it just doesn't, there's, there's not enough connective tissue to, to make the whole thing work. That, I guess it's my final analysis. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I came away. Like I said, I really had a good time because it is one of those movies that you can just throw on like at a Halloween party in the background just to play. Yeah. Cause it, it doesn't take a whole lot to sit there and really get what's happening. You can, basically decipher what's happening very quickly despite the leaps in logic and you know some of that connective tissue you mentioned not being there this is something that could have been a whole lot better had there just been a few more things done to just tell that story a little more cohesively like give us a little something how the cops figured it out because it just seems like they just went oh yeah we totally figured it out uh you know you don't need to know why but we know it's him like what? What if we would have had Moriarty? I see what you did there. Uh, be a buff himself, <laughs> right? Like what if like he was like a guy like you know he's like you know what the best way to like to understand people is to kind of like 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 I I believe in art and he brings you know um, Chris Pine's mom to like you know a movie theater. like you could have had maybe that could have been the, the them crossing paths at like the the watching My Living Dead right there could have been something there there could have been like a little bit more where it's like, he is more in tune to like the mind versus just like, I'm going to just do cocaine and play a harmonica. And I'm like, I'm my office is the drunk tank. I, it makes no sense. You know, like, 
I just do this. This is, I put this at the feet of like, I understand this is like a cheaply made film. And actually, I guess it did pretty well overseas. Uh, ended up making his money back and then some you know, credit to that. Right. But nice. Like, Good for them. Yeah. I think it made a lot of money in France. I don't know. Maybe because of the black and white vampire stuff. I don't know. It's like Could a be. mime. It's like a mime, but it's these people. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's just, I always put it at the feet of like, you think the script is good enough to go in front of the camera? Give it one more pass. Like give the script to somebody that's never, that has not read your other revisions and have somebody be like, does this make sense? And not just hand wave it away. You know, like I think a lot of films mm-hmm. suffer. More. It's like, no, 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 it's fine. They'll get it. It's like, well, if I don't get it, then do they get it? Like you could have had, I guess this film has like a cult, like a cult status to it. Fair enough. But like, I don't know if, if I was saw this growing up there, maybe I wouldn't have thought about it so much, but it's like, but watching it now, I think there, I think it's not fair um, to be like, you give me a reason to see why it's called status. You know, like I can go back and watch evil dead and be like, I get it. You mm-hmm. know, Night of the Dead, I get it. This one, it's like, um, you know, it, it's almost there and there's fun. And I'm sorry, Leanne, I know you had a lot of fun with this film. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's just that like, it's just, there, something is like yeah it's a good time with a group of people but it's not something i'll be like you know what we should watch fade to black you know like- well i think you know it's I, I like how it looks i like um that there's always something going on yeah um there's a lot of different things going on uh like you know murders and you know dressing up in makeup and acting like an asshole and all this stuff and I just find it really entertaining. I don't really have the uh, intellectual uh, status to back it up. <laughs> I just uh, had fun I, I with it. <laughs> I don't think this is an intellectual film. So like, no, but, no. Like, I think, I think the funniest, like, I think the smartest joke of this film was also kind of the dumbest, which is whenever uh, she's drink, like, uh, was it Marilyn's drinking wine? And she goes to take a shower with her makeup on. And then, uh, you know, Benford shows up dressed as Dracula and then he goes, it's a psycho homage, which we all like mm-hmm. clearly plays day, right? But he's like, I just wanted an autograph. I'm like, <laughs> that's stupid, right? But the fact I that thought he drops, so too. He drops the like the fountain pen, right? And on the floor of the shower. And so the, to me, the, the, the smart joke is you're shooting the shower sequence in color and you're seeing black ink swirl the um like the tub, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing when they shot the shower sequence in psycho was in black and white and that the blood uh, was chocolate syrup that was yeah. brown and black. So it's like there it's effective because it's supposed to look like blood because it, it's just chocolate syrup here. It's like, oh, you're shooting in color. We're going to actually show you black ink. That's the only thing where it's like, we're going to take the piss out of you. I'm like, okay, I see what you did there. But it's also like you went like the longest way around to make this joke. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like it's one of those things I'm like i appreciate that you went 15 miles out of the way to make that happen you know like yeah. so anyway. also again no idea how he found out where she lived or how yeah. he even showed no, up there no, he just shows up out of nowhere yeah right and then all, i mean we also see like there's other like what was it there's all his posters in his room there's one for frenzy which is a hitchcock film i've not seen yet and it's on my list so it's like there's a lot mm-hmm. of influences that you see this stuff coming from a mile away right but it's like you know, like it's just, but also it's like, yeah, he knows that she works at 
the roller skating rink, which employs like eight people at the same time. Well, that's a different time and place, right? Like, what was it? Um, Skateland USA, I think was the name of it, right? Yes. Like, yes, yeah, it was. You know, the booming business that is roller skate rinks. Um, you know, I know they exist now, but it's like that's you're overstaffed if there's three people there. Yeah. You know, like, you got to have somebody worth the cash register, one to hand out the, the skates, and then somebody like, making sure gum doesn't get stuck to places. That's about where we're at right now, right? Like, yeah, um, got to have the cleanup person. Yeah. yeah, who's also going to maintain the two arcade machines they've had in the building since 1983? <laughs> it's like it's like oh the skew ball machine. Well, it, it works most of the time, not all the time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, sorry I'm rambling, but it's just it's um it it has its merits. It's just very it's very challenging because I wanted to love this movie. It just mm-hmm. it kept it kept failing me. Much like Eric. I'm kidding. I don't know what that means. But uh, <laughs> I was wanting this to be like a hidden gem, right? Like I wanted this to be like, right. oh, shit, I've never seen Fade to Black. This is like one of those ones. It's like, but I feel like this is one of those ones that like, um, if people have an interest in like weird, like uh, late 70s, 80s horror, like slasher type of things, like, hey, dip your toes in. Like, you know, watch Halloween, watch Black Christmas. And if you want to get weird, we'll get weird. You know, like this is not, this is like, you know, like just push it off a little bit. If it's like, if you like everything else, we'll keep going. This should not be somebody else's first. This should not be the first uh, barrier for entry for somebody that, that I guess that's how I feel about that. Yeah, fair enough. I get that. So, okay. I want to do a quick little thing here before we, before we finish off, I just want to, ask you guys one a couple more questions here land would you suggest would you recommend anybody see this land 100 okay what about you paul yeah for sure but again i like asterisk attached to it right like, <laughs> right meaning like like you know if you've if you've seen some of this other stuff i'd also even recommend like if you could watch something like 10 to midnight with charles bronson and be like oh that was a fun weird movie then check out this you know, which if you've not seen 10 to midnight, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a canon film that uh, Charles Bronson's like trying to like find this like stalker raper guy. And there's a bit where he actually confronts somebody like while he's in the police station, he's holding a large dildo and is like shakes in their face and yells at him. Like, come on. Like, you can't tell me that's not like Oscar magic. Um, I remember you talking about that scene and I was like, I have to find this movie and watch it for that scene alone. And the midnight's a lot of fun, but it makes just as much sense as this film. But if like, if you're like, Oh, you know what? I'm in, (laughs) you know, like I would, I like as much as like, I know Steve and I are divided about a film like new year's evil, which I don't think is very good at all. um, I would recommend this like over new year's evil, which is not a very good film. It makes even less sense than this. Um, But yeah, if you want to like, like weirdly slasher, you know, that, you could do you could do way worse. Like I mean, like the first um oh what was it um, um oh what was, uh, the Santa uh, that was it um Silent Night Deadly Night. Mm-hmm. Watch that one first. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna say yeah, people should watch it. I think with a caveat of you need to be someone who is I think a fan of horror and not just like a mainstream. Yeah, I go to the theater and watch scream or i've seen you know halloween i know those like we're talking you've delved into the further depths of the horror genre into the 70s stuff you know like like if you've seen the baby watch fade the black 
I mean, if you've seen the baby, then you've already been inoculated. Because I, I, I mean, I know you guys watched it for your show. I love the baby. It's yeah, fantastic. me too. It's fantastic. Well, because it's weird and it threads the needle and it finishes, right? It finishes. The, it actually has a button on that movie that yes. has no right being as like, oh yeah, it all kind of makes sense. What? Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. And I have my Blu-ray copy that I have. Um, I've seen that movie like five or six times now. And everyone's like, have you not seen the baby? And it's like, let me show you the baby. And it was like, well, it was like a year ago. <laughs> I, I had I had a friend of mine over who had watched that. Like I've shown it to him like a one time other, but his girlfriend was over, and like we're talking about something. He was like, "Don't mention the baby." I'm like, "Have you seen the baby?" He's like, "Son of a bitch!" Like he just was very upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're in for weird, if you're in for weird, that yes. But if like you know, if you if you could if you were about that, then this is perfectly. It's in your wheelhouse. I think that's yeah, yeah. Assessment. Yeah. Now, one other thing here is: is there any particular scene that stood out to you guys? Like you really liked something about, like, Leanne? I know you liked it a lot, Paul. I know you have your issues with it, but came away, you know, liking it enough. Is there anything that stood out to you guys, Leanne? I'm going to throw this to you first. That you really like? Just one thing that was done really well that you appreciated. My favorite is um, when he's driving her to work. <laughs> Because they're getting along so well. Yeah, decent chemistry, right? It's like actually, yeah, yeah. You like, see it, her kind of come out of her shell a little bit, and I just thought it was really sweet. And it would have been paid. It would have been paid off a little bit better had there been a movie running at the theater at the end. Because he was like, "I want to own my own theater and show the movies I want to watch." Right. If we at least had like you know something running on the screen that him running up to the theater right with her, that would have been mm-hmm. a good like, good like dovetail payoff, right? Instead of punching it. (laughs) Sure. Oh my god. I was like, you clearly don't love film, sir, if you're punching it. (laughs) This is this is a screen made of material. I don't uh, I'm angry anyway. Yeah. Um no, like in terms of like what I liked, I mean just I I'm just trying to think like what would be my favorite scene. I don't know, like I the one, the one that just annoyed me because it's just like that, like you know, how dare he was Mickey Rourke stealing the large bear from the one carnival game. <laughs> um, that, that is yeah. and then and then after winning like the tiny pig, right? And he's just like, oh, I don't want girls to see me with this pig. It's like, what are you? Okay. <laughs> and it makes it makes his buddy like you know like ride bitch and carry this big bear. And he's like, chicks love it. <laughs> He's like, then you carry it. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know. It's not a great scene, but I was like, this is like, this makes no sense. Like, 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 what are you gonna do? Like, go off, like, off the boardwalk, like, you know, and be like, hey, ladies, you want this large bear I have right now? Yeah, I, I, I guess you're DTF because of this large bear. <laughs> but then he, with the other thing he was carrying, he just chucks it. Yeah, I just just takes that pig and just throws it. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I thought that was funny. It just didn't make any sense. <laughs> like, yeah. again, not, not a good scene. It's the one I, I like, I, uh, I worked, um, a couple years on, uh, uh, at an amusement park where I worked at Midway, uh, games area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I have my own personal feelings about somebody stealing shit from a game, but yeah, like good on you. You got shot. You deserve that. That's not what I'm saying. About people. <laughs> Yeah, like I just, I, you know, it resonated with me. I'll just put it that way. I can see that. I also worked at amusement park on the food service side, but yeah, I, I know how frustrated people in the games got when people were trying to steal stuff. It's like, okay, really? Okay. What, 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 what park did you work at? 
Knott's Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Farm. I worked at Cedar Point under the same, uh, uh, because Knott's was bought out by Cedar Fair. Yeah. Uh, The year I started was the year Cedar Fair acquired Knott's Berry Farm, 1996. Uh, So I worked, I I worked uh, 96 to 2000 at Cedar Point. Oh my God. That's, that's the same. uh, Are we the same person? (laughs) Are we having an Eric Binford moment here? um as as one of the two wives involved <laughs> i hope you're two different people <laughs> that's fair no i um I, real quick i worked uh i worked uh, was it like like I, two years like in games and the third year i was like uh i was in the arcades maintenance division which was like i was basically a janitor and dealing with games and then mm-hmm. like the fourth year i worked at like um an area called challenge park <laughs> but yeah i worked um i worked at the company that ended up uh buying your park that you worked at so um yeah not that, that i'm not asserting dominance i'm just saying it's what happened you know yeah, <laughs> like, we, essentially we were part of the same amusement park family i did all four years in food service God, and you're stronger than me you're stronger it, than me and it's funny because it started out when i worked there it was the roaring 20s area and then the next summer it had been revamped to the boardwalk. So it was this surfer theme. So I hate the beach boys with a passion now. Oh, but why? <laughs> oh, I could go into it, but that would be a whole other two hours. Uh, that's all I, I think, I think at some point we should just do a brief side about our own um, amusement park experiences. I think that'd be really funny. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Susan marches. There was a bit. Where, uh, <laughs> uh, there's a whole thing we could talk about there, but I think it's funny that you and I worked almost identical years on different parts of the, the in the country for the same company. <laughs> yeah, the exact same company, almost the exact same time frame. It's crazy. So small yeah. world. So yeah, so uh, uh, Mickey Rourke stealing uh, stuffed animals. You know what? I, I'm okay with your fate. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> now my my favorite standout was actually ties into that scene you mentioned, Paul, because I like the reveal of his hop along Cassidy, not only because one, did it look creepy, but two, everything about it was black and white. There was no color to it. He made himself look like he had stepped off the screen. It was creepy as hell. The mask was fucking terrifying. Yeah. And it like didn't the move. Fog and the mist the, that, that, that works, but it's also like, yeah, it just, I, I get it, but also like he was trying to like stand with like his frame being wide, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Benford, you like you know like you look like a scarecrow with like cowboy clothes on, like yeah. <laughs> when you could yeah. see that he had like a size three waist, it's like eh, okay, it's like, it's like Twiggy trying to pull a gun on somebody. Like I don't know about this. I <laughs> and we we spoke to it a little bit earlier. Like we kind of wish we got his POV maybe of how he was seeing things in those moments. So yeah. he he looks like he literally stepped off the screen. His entire costume is black and white. Now I wish like when we were seeing things just from the the regular filming perspective, you know, of Mickey Rourke making the stupid decision of staying there going, "Hey man, what's the problem? What did I do to you? I didn't do anything." When the guy's got a gun pointed at him. Yeah. It's like you don't stick around for that. But I wish they would have cut maybe to Eric's view and showed us maybe everything looking in black and white and aged and you know the uh the noise and the scratches on the film that you get from something that you know i'm trying uh, to you know i agree but like what if you would had um you know um you know um what's his face Uh, holding the bear right but then whenever you got from eric's point of view it would have been like a damsel in distress 
like where he's like trying to be the hero, you know, it yeah. sees himself like, like that would have like how that would, it wouldn't have been that hard and it would have been value added. Cause you're talking about like the gray, the grainy, like the TV footage. You could do that at that time. It would have been fine. And like, exactly. like his, because in Eric's mind, every single time he is the one that has been, um, you know, he's the wronged, he's the victim, right? And so why not, right? Like, what if we would have done the perspective of the hooker running away? When she's running away, she's like in the full like Victorian dress, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like running towards some villagers with like, you know, torches and pitchforks and she stumbles. And when she gets her neck stabbed through, we think it's just, you know, like some, like we find out it's just like, you know, somebody's front yard. Like, like that would have added so much to this. I think that'd have been cool. Yeah. There's little things they could have done. So ultimately the budget could have been been $17 versus 16 and they could have made this work. Right. Right. Anyway. So ultimately the three of us, you know, say, yeah, check it out. I mean, there's the caveats that we said, but yeah, we all came away with, with something from this film, having all watched it the first time and, you know, nobody outright hated the film, which is a good thing. <laughs> I like the sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like pause after I said, like, eh, well, it's like, I don't know. No, 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 yeah, it sounds like you enjoyed this a lot more than the Jeff and I, which is fine. Like, I mean, good, right? Well, like, the thing is, I the thing is, I don't really like. I'm not as into movies as you guys are, like in a brain level. I just like the entertainment factor. So I kind of see it from a different perspective. But that's good. Like, why would you watch things you didn't like? Yeah. You know? Like, so I think that yeah. I think it's completely valid, right? So I think I think that's fair. It's like I was mentioning earlier, like seven hours ago. Like there's times I bring things <laughs> to uh, my wife where I'm like, I like this. Can we please watch this? And like I try to I try to bring her why I enjoy a thing. So it's like, and if she enjoys it on a different level than myself or a different like that's good too. Right. Like, I think, I think that you can't, I think it's unfair. And the older I get, the more I realize that like, in the, like, it's easy to look down your, the bridge of your nose at somebody and be like, Oh, you like that. Like, don't rob somebody of the thing they enjoy. You might have your opinions. Right. And, and like, as they if, say, don't yuck someone else's yum. Like that phrase. I was like, no, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, um, like, enjoy what you enjoy. You know, and it's like, I can't rob you of that. I have my opinions. And if somebody asks me directly, I'll give you my opinions, but I'm not going to like actively tell somebody why what they're liking is wrong, unless it's the boondock saints. Other than that, um, you know, wow, wow, shots fired. You know what my opinion about the boondock saints is? If that, if that's one of your favorite films, watch a second film. How about that? That's going to be my opinion. (laughs) Okay. And the second one can't be the Moondock Saints too. You have to watch the second <laughs> different film, right? No, um, but no, it's just like you enjoy what you enjoy because there's plenty of things that like I I adore that people are just like that. I'm like I don't know, like I just do. One of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite dumb comedies of all time is the unrated cut of Saving Silverman. It's not a good movie. I love that. Movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. It tickles me. I, I, I'll, like another movie I love a great deal. Hot Rod. People say it's a dumb movie. I love Hot Rod so much, but there's people I, who don't like it. I finally saw Hot Rod. I think it was last year. It's, you know, 
locked down and all that the last couple of years has thrown my time frame off, but I saw it within the last year or so, and I loved the hell out of that movie. Yeah, but some people don't like The Lonely Island. They don't like Andy Samberg. Like, I get it, right? But it's like, I adore that film, right? So I can't it tell knew, somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it knew exactly what it was going in. It wasn't like, look, we're trying to be something else. It was like, look, this is exactly what this movie is. And, you know, hate it or love it. And I don't know why so many people are like, oh, it's not good. It's like, give it a second watch. Turn off your analytical brain. Turn <laughs> off your enjoyment brain. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's just, so I can't tell somebody like if they, if they enjoyed Fade to Black and it's part of like their, you know, big, like, you know, this is a cult classic. I can't tell them they're wrong. I'm just saying like, it, maybe it's also one of those things. It's like, you know, maybe if I would have watched it in like my formative years of watching movies, maybe it would hit me different. So I can't, I can't speak to like what my teenage self would have responded to this film versus what I see now. So yeah. Anyway, so that's all like, if you guys liked it, cool. If not cool. Um, but I'm just, I'm 44 year old curmudgeon, you know, that, um, was right down the middle. Like I always get frustrated with potential. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like, it could have been so much more as opposed to what did I get? You know, like, is like, is this like, um, is, the, did I get the little Caesars pizza, the hot and ready versus like, you know, another fancy restaurant pizza? Like, well, let's put it this like, way. It wasn't worth the dollar. I mean, maybe. No, I'm kidding. It was worth a dollar. <laughs> Good. Yeah, very for entry, one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Good. 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 I'm, I'm glad it was, it was worth the dollar. And I, will be, I will be invoicing you for one dollar later. I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I, will, I will get that back to you in installments over the next three years. <laughs> There's going to be interest where you might have to owe me two dollars. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, I want to thank you. This was a lot of fun having you on, man. This was this was a blast as always. Oh, well, and, thank you. I, I, I know I'm always I'm always that over talking, um, like belligerent asshole. So that's that's what I am. So no, that's good. We like that. <laughs> Talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I enjoy when somebody comes to the table and we're able to have a discussion and they have a lot to say. It it makes for an interesting conversation to me, and I think it makes for an interesting podcast. And speaking of podcasts, Paul. You have two that you do. You want to tell us a little bit about those in case nobody has heard of them before? Sure. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I do uh, the one invasion of the podcast with my co-host Steve, uh, which we cover a multitude of things uh, like uh, pop culture related uh, movies. Um, we, we're going to do more of a focus once a month on comic books because Steve is a comic uh, creator. So we're going to do a little bit more focus because that's where his passion is at. And I like we recently have had some discussions about other comics. That would be always good there. Um, I know um, we talked about the very uh, challenging film, uh, Skidamarink, recently. Um, yeah, check it out, everybody. Your mileage may vary there. Um, but I know we're going to be talking about um, the death of Superman comic art when whenever we come oh. back. Yeah, because nice. we've been circling that for a bit. We just haven't gotten to it. But I know what was we, we did talk about Skinner Marink, our most recent episode. So go check out Innovation of the Podcast. It's like we're also right now, we have done a year of Carpenter, which we've been John Carpenter's one of our favorite directors, creators, right? So 
um, we were going to do a year in 2022 was going to be like, we're going to do a John Carpenter film a month. And then about halfway through, I'm like, yeah, we should probably run this out. So now we're doing another year of Carpenter. So, <laughs> you know, so we're going to get through the rest of his filmography. Uh, so we're covering a, a Carpenter film a month. Uh, we just recently covered, um, uh, we did, um, all body bags and then a joint uh, episode with our friends at, at the devil's ball talking about um, mm. um in the mouth of madness so the next one we're getting into i think is um, village of the damned or sorry children of the damned whatever whatever though the last one where christopher reeve was walking before he yeah. fell off village of the damned the remake of the the older film yeah so we're getting into that sometime next month uh yeah check that out invasion of the podcast uh if you guys want a four-hour rambling podcast between two people that uh goes into various directions like it's a good time i i i enjoy steve i i love him so much it's just you know we we get into our tangents and that's what we have we get into our cups we get into our tangents second series i do is uh one that leanne knows a little bit about uh it is a show called uh strange highways in which uh myself and my co-host terry my other podcast husband uh we've been watching the twilight zone uh in sequence well kind of we we covered the original series uh seasons one through five and then we covered the now removed paramount plus uh jordan peele uh two seasons um and but we're now into the 80s edition of the twilight zone uh and it is um there there is good to be had there but like it is peaks and valleys and uh, the valleys mm-hmm. like it's some it is some tough sledding however what i will say about that is uh, well, one, go YouTube. You, you can find most of, the, most of the segments on YouTube or Googling it because for whatever reason, CBS doesn't give a shit about the 80s edition. So nobody cares if it's out there, people to watch. You can find it. Right. I, I would argue the people was like, I love the Twilight Zone. I'm like, do you? Because it's like, you've seen five episodes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you and I are both Twilight Zone snobs. <laughs> like, I'm even snobs. It's just like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I love the Twilight Zone. Cool. And I'm not going to be like, name seven. Twi-, but it's like, I feel like there's, <laughs> like, it's like, what I'm saying is like, there are amazing highs to the series, original series, uh, the Jordan Peele stuff. There's some good episodes there too. And there's been some good segments of the 80s series so far. But I feel like it's, it's one of those situations where it is, before you have your cake, you got to eat your vegetables. And there is there is some um, dog shit segments that we've run into. But they're all worthy of discussion. And because this was produced, people put time and money behind it. Let's get into it. Because then, then you can appreciate the high so much more when you go through the absolute terrible stuff. Right? So mm-hmm. maybe that sounds like I'm being a glutton. But Terry's a good sport. We have a good time. Uh, the most recent segment we covered was called a tooth and consequences, uh, which is bad. It's real, real bad. And it's funny because I had seen it before Terry did. And he texted me like, was it a couple days before we recorded. He was like trash, pure trash. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, he just sent me a text out of the blue saying trash. I'm like, did I say something bad? Like, like I, lo- I lo- like I was in your <laughs> wedding party. Like, what, what did I do? Did I do something bad? He's like, no, tooth the consequences. I'm like, yeah, it's been bad. <laughs> so, and Leanne, credit to you. You, you, um, you have suffered through a lot of this. You know, I, I really enjoy listening to you guys. You guys are so much fun. I just, I, my goal is always to get Terry, catch him off guard. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are good times. 
Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's it. So invasion of the podcast, straight highways that, that like, I shouldn't be like, everybody check out my stuff. But it's like, if you guys want to, please do, uh, the more, the merrier, uh, the, the people that it's just, you know, the more people involved in the conversation, the better, right. It's more fun that way. And I, and Lee, and I hope you hope appreciate that my social media post on strange highways recently had just been animal photos versus <laughs> yeah. from yes and, from tooth and consequences i'm like i'd rather show cute baby animals than anything <laughs> yeah. it's a bit that nobody's really latched on to but i think it's funny so um yeah <laughs> i you know i've been i've been watching this while i was for what six plus years now i deserve something every so often we got to pull that ripcord and be like nah we're good so I've talked too much about me anyway. <laughs> well, I will include links to your shows and the social media where they can follow you guys in the show oh. description. I highly recommend you go check out their shows because they're a lot of fun. I in particular love getting lost in episodes of invasion because I feel like the person who's like a third person in the conversation. Because I yes, lost I, you. I you're, will... like, you're, like, you're like, it's two and a half hours in. Are they done yet? No, no. Oh, I no. find myself Pretty talking much. back to you guys, even though you can't hear me because it's recorded. Just because, like, you know, I have my own opinions, and I'll just say them out loud because it's like having, you know, a, a, it's like being a part of the conversation almost. So it's a lot of that's fun. All, that's always the goal. Thank you for saying that. The goal with everything I do, and I, I've I've uh, trained my husbands to understand that no matter what we do, there's always the third person. And it's the listener, right? Like, because you guys know from recording podcasts, it's like you can have a conversation and you can make your inside jokes. And I'm not saying you in particular, but I'm saying. One of the things that really frustrates me is that you listen to something that's like the wall is put up because like two people are talking and I'm not allowed in. My goal has always been, we're always including the third person, and, you know, like, so that, you know, and the third person is you, right? Like that's a, win a winner is you. And so for you to say that, I appreciate that because I'm always aware of the person that can't say something. So I'm always thinking of the third person and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back and break my arm. It's just, I don't know. That's how I engage with things. So I want to pay mm -hmm. it forward. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of what we try to do here is try and let like a third person be involved, even though we can't hear you speaking, we want it to feel like you're having a conversation and that's what we all strive to do. And it's, it's just fun. Well, doing yeah, all this. Of course. But yeah, See thank ya. you for, for having, having me on for this. And then again, I challenge you guys, uh, maybe a couple, like, I don't know, a month or two. I don't know. I'm all, I'm always overbooking myself because I'm a glutton. I would, I would, I would love, 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 love to come on here to talk about perfect blue. Uh, cause we already covered on invasion. So, um, cause during your animation a couple of years ago and right. it was one, like I caught Steve sideways with it cause he'd never seen it before. That was, a, that was a fun talk. Cause I like, I, I, again, I, I like catching people flat footed it's funnier that way right yeah. so yeah, yeah we'll definitely do that we'll we'll get together behind the scenes we'll schedule it yes. and we'll do that and again paul i want to thank you for coming on it's always a pleasure and as far as us you can check us out all the podcast platforms you know apple Podcasts, google spotify stitcher all that good stuff you can find us on facebook twitter instagram we're all there search skewed universe skewed you we're there you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash skewered universe podcast. You can support the show there, get some bonus episodes in the form of transmissions that I do. There's soon to be some commentary tracks that we have slacked on. I know, I know, but we're getting them together. Trust me. And we're also an affiliate with Podbean. I'll leave a link in the description. 
you guys can go get a free month with a paid unlimited plan to start your podcast because ultimately if you like listening you might like creating get your voice out there like el goro says all the time you know i'm kind of taking a page from his book but it's out of respect for the man because i appreciate what he does use that link we'll give you a month for free we do get something in return for that full transparency but it's all in the aspect of helping you guys start a podcast because you know what you know, podcasting started with people like us doing this, not these celebrities like Joe Rogan and huge contracts, despite the people who think Adam Carolla invented podcasting. I was listening before he started, you know, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. I think it was actually started by Abraham Podcaster. Uh, <laughs> 1903. I he believe would, so. He would do wax cylinders. Uh, okay, I don't know what that means. Anyway. <laughs> Yes. Go, go. Do all the things he said. Go, go. If you have, if you have a passion, do it. Um, I always tell people like, they're like, oh, I want to do a podcast. I'm like, cool. What's your second episode? You know what I mean? Like just, if you have a passion, you want to talk about things, understand that it's, it's a long form process, right? So exactly. Yeah, exactly. So before we finish off here, Leanne, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Oh, um, just uh thanks to our listeners and we love you and that being said you guys keep enjoying that universe that's just a bit skewered <laughs>